Welcome to the Longest Stride podcast. Each week, we bring you engaging conversations with the global running community. We interview community builders and leaders and the incredible runners who inspire us all. We're by runners for runners. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Greenwald and Andre Morgan. Today's guest is one of Canada's most recognized sports on-year personalities. You may know her from her role in in-game and digital hosts of the Raptors Toronto, an influencer and sports lifestyle industries, and currently an Adidas ambassador. Welcome to the podcast, Kat Stefankevich. There you go. Sounds good. You nailed it, Trey. The hardest part is over. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Okay, wrap this up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I know. Um, yeah, hopefully I didn't flub it. Let's do it. No, that was perfect, Trey. Thank you. And Kat, thank you so, so, so much for, for coming on. I think uh, a lot of people, especially in Toronto, are going to know who you are just from that last name alone. Uh, and then I think what's really interesting is, you know, we always record before and then, you know, we kind of work on our editing skills and then, and then release it. We happen to be recording today on International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day. I don't know that we didn't necessarily time it that way, but we're glad that you're here. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit with you because I know you posted something recently about that. And uh, I'd like to hear kind of your thoughts on what this day means to you. So before we do, though, uh, why don't we kick it off just like we do with all our guests, Kat, and kind of what's your relationship with, uh, with sports and, and running? And running, uh, yeah. Looking back, um, what, first off, thank you so much for having me on. It's 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 wonderful that it does fall on this day. Um, you know, International Women's Day and uh, what it means being a passion, running be a, being a passion, and combining the two has always been uh, something important to me. So this is perfect. Running, yeah. When I was thinking about that, I've actually been involved in running longer than I thought. I I, I mean, in elementary school, I always did the cross country. Uh, didn't quite digest the fact that I was did so well <laughs> as I did really? back then. Yeah. Like I remember my mom being like, yeah, you used to come in like, you know, like 12th or whatever, <laughs> like no big deal. Um, but it, it was, it was a passion. I loved doing the meets. I loved, you know, the practices. And then um, I think it was 2010. Isn't it funny how it's always uh, something in life I find a lot of people start running because something in life is challenging and it's kind of their outlet. And that's what happened to me in 2010. Um, it was when I really got into to running, I was going through a challenging, challenging time. And from then it just stuck. And I mean, wow, 11 years later, here we are. So yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. We've seen a few trends where people start run groups, they start getting into uh, running because of just some other way or outlet. Um, I've seen people uh, from the podcast saying that they lost a bet. Oh, <laughs> uh, isn't that so, funny? Yeah. yeah. And it's just common. So maybe, maybe three people so far. Um, mm -hmm. Or some call it the escape from reality, whatever you want to label mm -hmm. it as, you know, um, my, my, uh, my form of therapy. Um, I, I, I do relate to, to all of that. It's all those things, but you know, the start is one thing because you start because an event, something happens in your life and you mm -hmm. start, but you're 10 years later. Mm -hmm. And you've kept running. So it's it's fascinating yes. with sometimes running is that thing where it's like, oh, punishment, right? Mm -hmm. But to to take it and to say, okay, I know I started because of this, but I now have a relationship with running and it just it just keeps going. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I mean, like everybody, a lot of things in life are very competitive especially my industry, you know, everybody is, is, you know, vying for that job or that position they want. And for me, I'm often going for that gig multiple times a week in auditions or, or, you know, that's just kind of the, the type of industry I'm in. And as um, entrepreneur and uh, contractor, whatever way you want to put it, running was my form of getting away from the competition, which is so interesting because a lot of people running is competition to them. I think that's why I had such a difficult time getting into racing because I had to kind of like deal with the the whole, okay, now it's a competition and, and, uh, um, learn to work with that and keep my love for it. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, it does. I think what um, I derive from what you've explained there is you did it for yourself initially. Mm-hmm. Just I needed to um, have a way to amp myself up for these auditions, especially. Mm-hmm. And then it, it turned out into where now um, maybe I have to measure myself up with others or I'll be at the back. And when you did it for yourself, you didn't have anyone to compete against. So yeah. from 2010 and then it led up to 2018 was your first half marathon. Mm-hmm. It took um, me that long. <laughs> to no, kind of be like, yes, no. I'm going to race. I mean, I did like 5Ks, 10Ks, et cetera, throughout, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was like a, a time period. The fact that you stick with it for that long is impressive. And uh, so what was that experience like for your first like long race? I, I, I loved the, the training up to it. I, I loved the, the race itself. Um, it's a whole other high. Like, uh, I, I mean, you know, you, you aim for that goal, goal time. And then, um, I mean, I came in, you know, way under because it's, it's just, it's, you know, people say the runner's high, but it's so evident in these races too. I mean, this was my first one. I had worked hard at it. Um, and I, and again, going back to the whole competition thing, I think for me training, um, part of it was, you know, to challenge myself to not make it a competition and just race for the love of it too, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to kind of touch on something real quick. Cause I was, I was wondering, in cross country, you were talking about how your mom said, "Oh, you know, you came in twelfth, etc." Mm-hmm. Were you comp- were you competitive back then? Yes, I've always had a competitive. But you like, didn't know what place you came in. I mean, I remember doing well, but I never thought of it as yeah. like success. Does that make sense? Like, I totally was like, makes sense. Like, I mean, it was successful, and you know, but I just it wasn't the be all and end all for some reason, and I I don't know. I I just it was like. Yes, the competition thing is definitely in my blood. Yeah, I don't think I'd also be able to be in the industry I'm in without that little bit. You also enjoyed it though, right? Like I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Again, to even stick with it and do training before actually getting into a full-blown half marathon, some people may not train. They just run and not follow structure. So I think that's where the competitive bit was. It was like, oh, well, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it with some kind of structure. Yeah. And, and, uh, I took a lot away from that too. It, it was difficult, right? It's difficult to commit to the, the training, uh, schedule. And for me, it wasn't the, the long distance. That was the difficult part. It was the short distance track training that it was just like, ugh, like, you know, once, once you got through it, it felt so good, but it was the showing up and, and, and putting in the work that was difficult because that wasn't the easy part. 11 years of running, the distance is the easy part. It's the, it's the short sprints for me. That was the challenge. Anyone even seasoned um, have difficulty going out there sometimes. So I think it's the mental first mm-hmm. and then you start enjoying it. You're like, oh, this is what I do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's mm-hmm. still a challenge for everyone, for myself. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. So why don't we start moving towards kind of your vocation, your work, right? So I know because, again, probably said it before, total fangirls. So what um, you started work with uh, MLSE. And was it specifically with rappers, Raptors at first? It was, yeah. I went to school for music theater, uh, which many people don't recognize. They they automatically assume journalism broadcast. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I I am a music theater graduate, and with that came into the industry uh, using dance as my way in, and therefore my first gig that I booked. I mean, it was like weeks after graduating was a Toronto Raptors dance pack. That's how I got in with MLSE. And stuck uh, with the, with that team um, for five seasons, and then started to transition into the television side. Eventually, was asked to to uh, start in game, and uh, yeah, so that was kind of my little journey to television and on air, and you know, uh, on the on the microphone, um, which I eventually, you know, that was that was a goal, uh, but dance was my my kind of way of getting there. So. Mm-hmm. And just kind of real, real quick, because you just touched on something which is interesting. Like mm-hmm. you used kind of like your background and um, your training to get your kind of foot in the door, but you were always thinking possibly like broadcasting or journalism or entertainment or like stuff yeah. like that. How did like, how does that transition happen? Is that like, how do you go from like dance pack to say, I've got way more that I can, I can contribute? Yeah, I think um, when you're trying to break into the entertainment industry, you kind of have to use all your tools like many other industries too. And for me, my strength was dance. Um, I didn't have experience in television. I I had training in television. So this was my way of getting in the door. Did I think that I would be in sports? No. 
Um, in the end, both performing and sports were huge passions of mine. I grew up also playing competitive baseball and, you know, I just, just was an athlete. And this was the way, I don't know, the universe kind of presented it to me. I think of it that way. If you keep putting your heart into your passions, uh, somehow, you know, it all, it all comes together. And, uh, and yeah, so that was kind of the way I kept moving through, through the Raptors organization. Yeah. And, and, and uh, my question to that is, what was that turning point? What was that aha moment when you're like, I could change and do something different within the same industry? Because you could have kept that same career and then trajectory. Yeah. And for me, I, I, I don't know if I had that moment. It was, it was almost gifted to me. And it was my choice whether to take it or not. Um, when it was gifted to me, I, you know, I didn't have experience. It was like kind of like, give me a mic. And they were like, go for it. And I could have said no because I was scared. And I decided to roll with it and, you know, not be perfect the first time and not be perfect this 32nd time. And uh, I just felt grateful for the opportunity. And, and, it, and it's kind of like, what are you going to do when that opportunity presents itself? And I, and I really believe in practicing and fueling your passions any what way. And then because you work so hard at it, it's handed back to you. That's the only way I can kind of explain my journey because I, again, I, I didn't necessarily, I didn't reach for the position. Here's the thing. I, I was captaining the dance pack and NBA TV came to me and uh, wanted to do a feature on the captain of the Raptors dance pack. And I, and I didn't really think much of it. I thought, oh, cool. Like this is awesome. And then little did I know that was kind of my audition for a new hosting position on a television show. And, and that was my transition. So yeah, it's, uh, it's just wild the way everybody kind of finds their path and their, and their footing. But, uh, but I, I, uh, I do believe it's often presented to you in, in these kind of, I don't know, magical ways. It's often presented. First of all, that is like so inspiring. And it's, yes, it can be presented to you. Sometimes it's recognizing that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's, it's, Hey, like something is being presented to me. And I, and, and I don't think everyone can, can think this way, but it's, Hey, take, like, I should probably take advantage of this opportunity because I may not have gone to school for A, B, and C, but someone's presenting something to me that's going to give me a different opportunity is just take advantage of it because you never know where it's going to take you. Oh, absolutely. And and I can put two hands up to, to me being the perfect example of that, because I would never have been able to tell you that this is what I would be doing at this point in my life. And it's just so beautiful. And I, like I say, I am incredibly grateful that I have been able to tie two passions together. I mean, how else, how do you, you know, entertainment and sports, like, how do you put those together? And then all of a sudden here it was. So. Yeah. Cause looking back, you're no probably could tell hey, this is why I did this then. Now it makes sense why I'm doing it now because they also must have seen something why even just being a captain that you could be in front of a camera and uh, uh, present yourself well. So 100% uh, you, but at the end of the day, someone saw something there that um, presented the opportunity. But I feel like you were preparing for this entire thing throughout every little bit that you've done in the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and putting your energy in, into those passions. I mean- who knows? I mean, with you guys, like Renny could take you somewhere. Like that's that's the, the coolest thing, right? Like, I mean, look what you're doing right now with the podcast. That's kind of right. Like it's it's fallen into it. So yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When I first started running, all I wanted to do was make it from here to the end of the block. Yeah, yeah. I had no <laughs> clue that it would turn into where it is now, that I'd be speaking See? to Dre, that I'd be talking to you on a podcast. Like all I said was, I really want to get in shape and just run down the block. And mm -hmm. it's just, the journey is unbelievable. So yeah, you, you just never, never know. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I do agree with being open to it all. Just like taking that, yeah. just uh, seeing a little bit past your little tunnel, right? And uh, and being open to, to everything on the sides too. Yeah. I know, Kat, we have a bunch of questions we still have to ask you, but because we're on this topic, what advice would you give to somebody who is, and, and it's not about recognizing because sometimes you don't always recognize, but if someone gives you this, an opportunity and you think that's way out of my league, I don't think that's something I can prepare for, although it's an amazing opportunity. What, what advice would you give to someone in that situation? Uh, I, I mean, I, like I said, I have just this child list, this spirit that uh, is down for challenges. And uh, I don't know, like I, opportunities, some of them are once in a lifetime, right? And I, I just I don't believe in regret. But I just never want to be like, Oh, 
oh, I wish, I wish that happened. Or I, I said, yes, I just, I believe in yes. I believe in say yes. Sometimes I also believe in taking yourself out of your body and then like watching from the outside, what should, what should I do? And, uh, and that's often how I tackle situations. You know, I, I'm, I'm a very emotional person. Like I, I want to react in the moment. And, uh, I've often said this, I just actually said this advice to my partner. I'm like, take yourself out, give yourself half an hour. Um, because, and in the end, you're going to say yes, you're going to say yes, like be scared and do it anyway. I, that's the only way I've gotten to where I am. Um, even with running, like it's the same thing, even with you running, you know, to down to the end of the block and back. But if, 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 I mean, you were scared, but you did it anyway. And look, and look where you grow. So, yeah, a lot of blockers uh, may stem from them not thinking they're ready and mm-hmm. not, but the other bit is that you'll never be hundred percent ready. As you no. said earlier, you weren't even ready. You're like, I never I even wasn't. done this. Oh gosh. I, I wish I could show you some of the first, <laughs> the first on air no. segments I did. Right. But like, how cool is that? That somebody believes in you enough to like, you know, tell you, okay, go for it. And then like, it's not perfect, but they're like, okay, go for it again. Right. And, and it has a lot more to do than talent. It has a lot to do with something way deeper. So, and that, and that's, uh, that's the thing that's going to take you there to try it in the first place. So the other bit, you know, is that you've transitioned into hosting uh, Raptors games. How was the travel like? Cause a lot of individuals may not know how outside of Toronto, how that party, the interactivity on that bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't travel with the team every road trip, but I traveled through the playoffs and I would travel on quite a few road trips, to be honest, um, with a lot of our partners. I was hosting a, a digital show called Raptors Rundown and we took to the road a lot. It was kind of the fan side of the the, uh, the Raptors experience. Um, the fans are a huge part of our culture and our team. And I, I always think of 2019 playoffs. Whew, I was on the road from top to tail of, of, of that run. And it was the most incredible, incredible time. Um, exhausting, not going to lie. <laughs> um, but I would do it again in a heartbeat. And uh, yeah. And so, yes, I, I am on the road quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, and this is seriously, Kat, one of the reasons why I was like, oh, it'd be interesting to have Kat on here because I, I look at that as, oh yeah, you get the travel team, stuff like that. It's pretty exciting. But uh, where are you running? Was I running on the road? Yeah, oh, do you yeah. get to run? Like, what is yes. that experience like? I, I always say it's like multitasking because it's the fastest way to see the city and get your workout in at the same time. Like, I just loved it. That was like, everybody knew, like, if you couldn't find me, I'd be, I was on my run. Um, so, so, yeah, it was a huge part. I mean, yes, again, seeing the whole city while you were getting your workout in was just ideal. Favorite city to run through other than Toronto? Oh, yeah, I have so many, to be honest. Um, The National Mall in Washington um, to run through the monuments was a favorite. Vancouver Stanley Park. Um, We we, uh, spent a few training camps out there. So that was like an avid uh, run track. New York, Brooklyn Bridge, back and forth over that. Uh, San Francisco also. I I love running the the pier and the water there. And uh, I haven't run over the bridge. I always say though, I always hop on a bike and and head over to Sausalito. This is the, I always tell everybody this because they don't know about it. And then you take a ferry back. It's, it's a, it's a route. Everybody must do Maybe I'll run it next time, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bridge is pretty scary. Could you run over the bridge? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can run over the bridge. Yeah. But it's like, it's yeah, cool. it's have you done it? Uh, I've uh, been to San Francisco, but I never run it. I never mm-hmm. run it. But um, yeah, the bridge is pretty daunting. I, I get caught out in the middle of nowhere. No, I got nothing. <laughs> That's why you take a bike. Yeah. Yeah, it gets you over quicker. Yeah. Okay, let's talk brands. You do a ton of work with Adidas Canada. Like, what's the what's that relationship like? Yeah, I um I've been with them for three years now uh, as a Adidas Women Ambassador, and uh, you know it's just living and breathing the lifestyle, and it was a it was an easy fit. Um, not only do they shine a light on you know athletes, uh, but they also shine a light on creators, and those are two things that I've you know tie together in my life. And uh, yeah, it's just a, an an easy fit. I do a lot of events with them and just it's it's just living and breathing breathing the adidas uh brand and and it, and it to me it wasn't an adjustment at all it, it was just it is what what i am and and uh it's uh it's a great relationship no we got into the bit of um you work with brands but there is a, a charitable aspect that you have and there are a few societies that you're uh, most passionate about just speak to that yeah i i mean i think every charity that kind of touches a little bit 
touches you a little bit more. It's, it's just uh, something that you relate to in life, whether it's somebody else that's experienced something, myself that's experienced something. So some of them that are important to me, um, the MLSA Foundation, of course, tying, you know, uh, sports and, uh, you know, uh, youth into the mix. Um, Cam H, I'm a big advocate of mental health and being uh, open and honest about my journey um, and supporting those of others. I mean, running has definitely contributed to uh, my mental health. The Canadian Cancer Society, um, MS Society. Um, one of my dear friends has MS and uh, I've been supporting her through that. And uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, the give back is just so important to me in life. And these are some of the organizations that I've worked with. And that's what I love about Adidas too. They support me in these things too. I'm a spin instructor and they often, uh, we we do, you know, charity rides for CAMH and Adidas will be right there uh, supporting me through it and, and doing what they can. So um, yeah, just everything has tied together so beautifully. And uh, yeah, the give back's just, just awesome. I, I like how you kind of went full circle, like on the, on the Adidas part, right? Because- mm-hmm. It's great to work with brands and, you know, no secret to Dre and I are with Sakini. And uh, a lot of it mm-hmm. is has to do with kind of what they believe in, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not so much that they're a brand and we know that, you know, they're a sports brand, a running brand, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's deeper than that. It's, mm-hmm. it's way deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And and I see that that happening a lot. And I see brands are starting to use their platforms for, mm-hmm. for these amazing things. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's great that you tied it all together. Yeah. And I, and I just think I just, I mean, it's the way the world's going, especially over this last year, we see it even more and more. And I just think that was so important before. And now that it's amplified, it's just like, ugh, it's just everything. So, yeah. And then it touched on the work with MLSA and are they working in that same space, some of that same space? Yeah, they, I mean, they, um, they work with the, with youth, the ones that have big dreams and helping them get to there and believe in themselves and, um, you know, have the opportunities to, to do this. And uh, it's quite powerful, um, the work that they do at the MLSA Launchpad here in Toronto. If, yeah, if you guys can look it up, I, I mean, they're, they're constantly pushing new ideas and, and initiatives every week. I, I, I can't keep up, but I just think it's, it's, uh, it's so wonderful. And, and I feel very lucky to have had a, a part of it all. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Let's turn to uh, community now. So what's, uh, like, what's your connection with the running community? With the run community, it's actually gotten even stronger through this past pandemic, um, virtually. How so? Yeah. I, I don't like using it using it as an excuse, but um, my line of work uh, kept me pretty on a certain schedule, late nights, early mornings, on a plane, and I found I, I was missing out on these run groups uh, and here in Toronto. And uh, now, I mean, I've connected with so many people virtually. We've been doing, you know, uh, 100K ch- April challenges uh, where we kind of check in with each other and push each other. And uh, there's been some great little success stories out of that. And so coming out of it, I, I would, I would love to make more of a, more of an effort. Yeah, I was making the effort. It was just really hard to, to get there to, um, you know, come together and, and, uh, meet these people in person when the time is right. I was doing some Adidas again out of stacked market. We were doing some run groups just, I guess the fall before the pandemic hit, um, which was, which was wonderful. And, and yeah. I, get, I, I guess that's one of the benefits. Why would you direct me? Can I ask you that? Where should, <laughs> oh, where should I start? There's so many. There's so many. And it's so overwhelming many. too, it I know. It is overwhelming. Yeah. But I, I, I believe, um, so just like you mentioned, I think with the, the, the challenges was you weren't able to just like, oh, it, it's at six o'clock and I got to go do it. Your schedule mm-hmm. would match up with that. Mm-hmm. But well, I was going I to think, the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're actually busy. I yeah. think what the virtual bit brought to the table was this ability for you to, wherever you are, you were able to run it between a period of time. So that could be like a check mark for virtual races. or Because um, a lot of us that have been a meeting person and doing stuff, there's a lot of negative talk around virtual. I don't want to do a virtual anymore. But here's an example of where you've, you know, taken it on and like, hey, I can actually run this without uh, it affecting my, my schedule. I just want to make that point that it is a nice way. Now, now you're back in the community. You weren't gone. I wasn't, no, but I was just like, yeah. Scheduling. <laughs> it's it's scheduling. And I, and I do understand it. it has been tough. Like, I mean, like I said, I'm a spin instructor too. It's been tough. The at-home workouts, the, you know, it's, it's just a different vibe. Community fuels, you know, motivation and, and just so much, so, so much. So, so it absolutely has been a challenge, but for me, um, taking it virtual has been positive on the run side of things too. So 
when things get back to normal, and I know when things get back to normal, it also means you'll be going back to work and and schedule, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But are you looking forward to running with more run crews? And oh, I would be on that every other day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I when I did train for the half, I was running with people, and you know, I. Running was also always something for myself, and I was actually nervous starting to run with people. I wasn't sure, you know, what that would do mm-hmm. mentally and physically. I don't, I don't even know why. Again, you know, be scared and do it anyway. But I actually, I actually, I love it. Like it just pushes you that extra little bit, and um, you know, the conversations are also always wonderful. And yeah, so so yes, I would absolutely be down to to connect. Yeah, with a run group. Mm-hmm. I think you were running with just like you said that was your. Catharsis is always a getaway. Um, and then you've pulled someone to your circle or you've joined and it's like, ah, oh, man, am I going to lose that? Because uh, to tell you the truth with transition, you could be a crew runner and can't run for, for yourself. Right. But you're the opposite of that where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I just want this for my space and in my without having a conversation while I'm running. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the flip side of that, there are people that can't not run with a crew. Uh, it's oh, interesting. Not, yep. It's not mm-hmm. an ability thing or anything, but that's how they started. And mm-hmm. I was uh, one of that individual where it's just like, so where's everyone? You know, kind of think just to, you know, I, again, it's just a different approach. And I, I think um, you didn't want to ruin that. That's probably where it stems from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, but the crew stuff or keep up. Or, or am like, I good enough? You know, yeah. Run no. with people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that kind of thing. Like, are you, are you going to want to keep running with me? Yeah, <laughs> or is yeah. this like a one-time thing? Like, yeah, <laughs> is this an audition? Yeah. yeah. It's, so. like, it's like, what's your pace? You're like, I'm just going to stop at this light and go home. That's <laughs> yeah, my pace. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's my pace. So all of the above. Yes, yes. I don't know if there's a trademark on this. I'm sure you can find out, but I've got an idea for a run crew. Mm. Run pack. Mm-hmm. Run, run pack. pack. There you go. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I like it. I don't think there's one out there. Yeah, without the C. P-A-K. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I also believe that your spinning um, helps so much with running in general. So Oh, it does. Yeah. Flip absolutely. side, all these runners try spinning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've done it myself in Cohen and a few other places. But yeah, it, okay. it, it, it helps. Uh, just like um, some ultra athletes, they would do. Um, you know, virtual rides on their bikes and stuff like that. But in general, spin, it, you just show up and get it done. So anyone that want to improve on their running as well, it, mm-hmm. it, it totally is a, a shoe in. So yeah, physically. And I mean, cardiovascularly too. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm on the bike talking and, and spinning wow. at the same time. So yeah, no, no, no. But you're running with your run group and talking at the same time. So it equals out. Uh, sort of. <laughs> I think. I think. Just like with disciplines, you might push one more. So I run more than I spin. Let's mm-hmm, say that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to be able to have uh, both uh, approach is, uh, as you said, you may not be strong in running, but uh, I think just mixing both. We were talking to Connor recently. Uh, Jonathan, just like um, he, he would do Ironman, so he'd ride and also run, and uh, obviously swim as part of the event. Mm-hmm, and that was mm-hmm. just like three different disciplines. Like I'm not even sure how good I am on all of them, but at least I do all of them and can complete. Right. Yeah. That's something on my bucket list. Have you guys done one? Mm-mm. I can't swim yet. So I'm I can't on swim that. either. Okay. okay. So both Jazz and I are still on land. On oh, land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't there, isn't, not triathlon, but there's a, there's one where it's just running. Dual. And, Duat, yeah. Duathlon. Right, triathlon, right? Yeah. But it doesn't have the same, you know, it doesn't have the same Ironman. You're, you're true. Esque true. to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, not to take away from it. I'd still mm-hmm. cheer you on. Yeah. I think I think they have um, triathlons where you can get like a stand-up paddle or something like. I see, you know what they have? They, teams. they have everything right now. Teams, so oh, yes. someone swims, yes. someone rides, and someone runs. So that could be a thing there, but um, I'm not putting it out. I, I think we we we'll be able to try that. <laughs> I'm not putting it out. We could try. It. We could try. It. I'm ready, game already. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, Women's Month again. No matter when this podcast comes out, it's still a relevant relevant topic. Whenever. You've just shared a post um, earlier, and I think uh, without us saying anything, I just want you to to express yourself. Uh, to speak of the post, yeah, I know when when we logged into this little chat, I was like, "You guys are on it." I said I posted like eighteen minutes ago, and <laughs> we we do our we do our research, and and Trace, <laughs> yeah, no, we, like we were talking about it before, and and you know we've we've been looking at all the posts and everything that's going across, and it's very uh, inspiring. We spoke with guests on a podcast. We spoke with Fatma about a woman's run, and we we even mentioned this in a, a couple episodes ago. And and we spoke with um, Amanda 
um, and Kim from from uh, Chicks Runner Six. And there's so many run crews and things happening, which are which are really great. And just like any movement, it gets started for for a reason. But then uh, the important thing is to make sure that we're sustaining this, right? Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. just start something today and say, okay, I take the box and we're done. So Dre and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before and, and just kind of the experiences we're getting from our guests. But Dre, Dre just mentioned before the post, I read it and I was like, okay, if you're up to it in your yeah. words, in your words, just like, what does it mean to you? International Women's Day? I, 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 or my post. <laughs> I, I think maybe the post because the it's post? a reflection yeah. of International Women's Day, right? It is. Yeah. I think um, you talk about movements and how many that have their, like, they just think of the number of them that have really come to the surface over the last year. I think, uh, you know, with International Women's Day, uh, a lot of those movements were brought in, into this, um, you know, different women speaking on, you know, how, how they related to, to this important day. And for me, I could have got a whole, you know, bunch of different directions. And I, I, I did stick to the sports thing. And, and, you know, just speaking on the fact that, yes, I, I was here in my kitchen this morning thinking about it. You know, what direction do I want to go? And, and, you know, what hit today? Tomorrow I could post something completely different. Uh, but getting to the point, Kat. I, I did speak of, uh, you know, people ask my position in sports as a woman, you know, breaking barriers, the challenges I face. And, and, and I, these, I think I've been asked these questions over a hundred times and it's wild. I was like, wow, I've been asked this or this series of questions for, you know, 13 years. That's how long I've been in the world of sports. And, and here we are still asking these questions. And then they were asked, you know, before those 13 years to, to other women. And, it, and it's just like, uh, I think I, I just admitted to the fact that, that I'm just tired. And, and I think um, over the last few weeks, I've been very tired with a lot in life. And I think it's just the exhaustion of the pandemic. I'm a very emotional person. I, I uh, absorb a lot of energies and, and it's just, it's that time in the world where it's just, I'm, I'm tired and I, I'm, I'm tired of, you know, getting those questions, but I'm not tired of answering it. I, I feel almost like, I guess it's going back to that um, competitive soul. Like I, I feel, I just, I, I want to push and keep asking and keep asking and maybe that's, or answering, excuse me. And that's why I'm still tired. And I, and I think I just kind of, I, I rolled with that. Um, but I guess the difference is that I, I do feel a difference than, you know, 10 years ago when I was asked the question. Um, uh, here, perfect example, we are doing our first all-women's broadcast uh, for the Raptors game on March yes, 24th. Yes, noticed that, posted um, that, that so, Yeah, so that's pretty powerful. And, it, and you know, it's it's baby, it feels like baby steps sometimes, but they, they do all add up. And uh, I, I just really believe that it's it's not a competition. It, it should be, a, you know, a collaboration. And I just, I, uh, I hope with all my heart that uh, w- women do get on board with that. I, I know, speaking from somebody that works in a very competitive industry, there are very few roles for women. And I don't know if that, you know, amplifies the competitiveness. I'm not sure. But I just, I have always gone, do I, do I fall into it? Let me put it that. Yes, I, I do fall into that trap sometimes um, because, you know, you're competing. I'm, I'm not perfect, but it's very easy for me to pull myself out of that because I, I just, my success has come from, from collaboration over competition. That's kind of the direction I went. And, and you know, like, I, I love how, you know, women are vulnerable and emotional and, and you know, how that has become a superpower too. I, I, so, so it was all kind of, you know, my mind kind of runs. I say it's Freestyle Friday every day in my head. So that's kind of the direction I, <laughs> I went with that, a little bit of everything. I hope I explained it okay. But if not, you can read the posts. I think that was perfect. And, and I think the problem, and, and let, me, let me try to, to say something, which we'll see how this comes out. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing that we're seeing first of things. We're seeing first, hmm. first black woman to officiate in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Maya Shock, I believe that's who mm-hmm. that is. We're seeing first, but it's also a bit infuriating that we're celebrating firsts. Yeah. Okay? So when we are no longer celebrating firsts, I mm-hmm. feel like that's where we're starting to like make some strides and mm-hmm. we're starting to move the needle in the right direction. But I think that was the exhausting part too, right? How long are we going to be? Yeah, the fact that we do have to come together and you know celebrate on on this level, um, you know, the 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 powers that that women you know contribute to our to our world. But uh, you're right; it's just yeah, 
it's like, how many more years do we have to show up and, and still be be saying the same things? But like I said, it, it's it, baby steps do add up. So I I, I do see the shift and and uh, just wish it, to continue that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And what I want to say to that is, is should um, as you said, you're a sponge and you take stuff in. Um, I think it, obviously you protect your well being. I don't have to give you that advice. You already know that. But I think for anyone else that's listening, that's overwhelmed too. I have to be a proponent or a speaker of all injustices or movement or everything in my space. So one is to normalize things. So where we don't even have to even think about that, it needs to be this to put it that way and make it look good. It's just normal. It's supposed to just happen. Uh, the other bit is some of it stems from just generational things. So an example where there's a lot of toys and products that are useless gender that should just be neutral now. So it would be the Barbie and the, the, the you know Ken doll, and it's supposed to be this way. So that's ingrained in how we should think and how it should be. But in reality, I think we're coming at a crossroads now where we're like, why is this a thing? You know, why is certain type of washroom is a thing? But um, I won't speak on it too much because I don't know enough. So I'm learning myself. But just recognizing that, you know, a color like blue should be for boys and pink should be for girls. Mm-hmm. That type of stuff should just be normal. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I do think this time is, you know, um, if, even if it hasn't changed quite yet, we, we stop and we, we recognize and we think about it before we move forward. And I, and I think before we were just riding through it. Does that make any sense? Yep. I, I, I think that's the first step in itself. You kind of like brush it off and then kind of move on or, mm-hmm. you know, you celebrate it, get a flower and some champagne. And you, mm-hmm. Next year we'll talk about it again. Mm-hmm. But to speak yeah. up and not be ridiculed. Yeah. And, and I think that might be exhausting in itself. You know, there's a lo- we're doing a lot of work in, in, in so many areas if we are humans that want to put in the work and uh you know it is exhausting coming to that part where you know you have to think about what you say and and how you move and and things like that but i mean that's the only way to do it at this part i i truly believe but yes that could be part of the exhaustion too so so um to your point yes yes Kat, I don't mm-hmm. think you're the only one exhausted. I think no, people I know are, I'm not. <laughs> I think people like look what what's happened in the last year, and and not to say it's enough. It's there's so much more work to be done, mm-hmm. but in BIPOC community, look mm-hmm. at you know the work that's happening with uh, gender equality, and mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. at look at the work that Megan Rapino has been doing, and like she is just banging the drum, banging the drum. Give. Like just pay attention. So you're not the only one, thankfully, that that uh, is is exhausted, and thankfully you don't have to to carry this this weight. But we do need those voices. We need it loud. We need it kind of to be amplified, so that we're not waiting for International Women's Day or the month of March to see change. Oh, we're not yeah. waiting and for I, February to see change. Oh, for sure. And I'm not complaining about being exhausted at all. I just think, like um, Jerry, like you were saying, normalize it too, right? Like uh, these are all the it's all it's all part of the the same kind of storyline. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And thanks for sharing that because uh, everyone is approaching approaching this day uh, differently. You're absolutely right. And there's been a lot of great uplifting posts, but there's been a lot of really informative posts about what's happening in the world. And um, and what I I really love. And again, this is something I also say every single time. With to do an episode is that uh, social media is now a great outlet for, you know, sharing information and uh, the visuals and it's very impactful. So, you know, someone puts up a post sometimes and you just have to pause because you're like, wait, this is the state of the world. So yeah, it just, I think it's very brave that, you know, kind of you approached it that way in your post. And I thought it was, Thank uh, you. and I thought it was a great, uh, a great message. So hopefully, Thank hopefully you. we start seeing things come of that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I do see them. Yeah. I do see the tides turning in, in a lot of ways. I don't know if you guys feel like that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, just this weekend was this, uh, this past Sunday was, and I was, I learned that there is a charity for women's health, providing um, menstrual products and stuff like that. Like, I didn't know that existed. We, I was doing some photography for uh, Chicks Run the Six. And okay. the charity component was buying just $8 a month just products for, for someone to take, take them through that period. Mm-hmm. And 
I had no idea that was a thing. Mm-hmm. The fact that you, you can't afford a product to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, so yeah. it, it, it's, it's no, there's a dawn, there's something happening where even just the same social is what making me rec- recognize that that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just the difficulties of what women have to go through in order to stay mm-hmm. on what we see in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, here I am. The interviewer in me is coming out. <laughs> Have you used um, running in any way? To, you know, to to uh, how do, have you used running to you know ch- um, contribute to a movement or or make a change? You're you're on it right now. The oh, podcast. There we go. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll just just give a quick story. And and again, I, I think this is not about us. It's about you, Kat. Right. Like we're. We're, we're kind of, we're learning from you, but just a quick story. Okay. So runners at a six and started in 2018 and we just kept churning out stories and everything was kind of great. And then when uh, the, the social awakening started happening last June, we started to do an introspective and say, we probably could be doing a lot more than we are now. Like, you know, Toronto is a beautiful mosaic of, of, um, of races, of, of genders of people and we could be doing a lot a lot a lot more and we said you know what and it was just me and my friend rachel at the time and i said no like i can't do it by myself we can't do this ourselves so let's start tapping into the community and let's just start recruiting people and i've known dre for um for a while before that i, I we used to run together when i first started around the first start of running 2000. Well, I started around 2013, but I think I started that run crew 2014 or so, Dre. So I knew Dre and I knew kind of the person he was. I said, oh, I, and I probably had to twist his arm, but you know, I would love to to just have a chat with people, right? Just like we do when Instagram runs a six, but like chat with people, like audio, like discussion. Mm-hmm. And Kat, we talked about this in the beginning. In my wildest dreams, did I ever think that we'd be sitting here doing a podcast? No, I don't think that I have the the skills for that, right? And we just jumped in. And Dre and I kind of said, like, are we going to do this? Let's do this. So long answer, but this is our way of learning. Learning from people, learning about different people, learning about what's happening in the community. This isn't about us talking. And this is probably the most I've said about us since we started the podcast, but this is about us learning about different people and learning from you and learning about how do we connect the dots. So that's why, that's wonderful. why we did this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I see an, another subtle way that, you know, when we do mini run crews, mini run group is to provide multiple distances. So how, how is that sudden? How's that help? If someone is having cramps, they could still run with us. No, they'll do the shorter distance. It's very subtle, but there are things that you put up to cater for that person. Just the catering, and you may not, you know, broadcast it or say anything of, of, of sorts. But think about, just think about that. Not all everyone have the same ability or feel themselves that day. You know, sometimes someone will show up and it's like, "I'm not feeling myself today." They may not say anything. They just don't want to talk today, but just want to run. So that type of space, you know, uh, a thing I do uh, in my profession is asking per- people their pronouns before we even get into a conversation, um, because that's another layer of um, understanding. It's like, it can't just be like, yo, hey, man, hey, dude, what's up? Like, you know, is it, we, we get into those colloquialism because we're, um, we don't read the room or listen around. We get to be tone deaf and just kind of focus on the straight thing. And that goes back to what Jonathan was saying earlier is that, the you know runners of the six was just posting and doing and we're all doing great stuff da 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 but at the end of it if someone was intimidated or was from a different community it may not feel like they belong there because they don't see themselves there but just to sort of start reading the room and um it's no fault of their own or the other individuals are just intimidated because all they see is this another friend recommended another friend and then you know you're of a certain tribe and then it looks one way and you can't do anything about that. But now when you read the room and listen out, then you, you have a broader perspective. Oh, yeah. And it makes everybody feel com- confident and safe. And and uh, yeah, all of that contributes to that. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks uh, for asking me, my, answering my question, guys. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, flip, you flip it on us now. <laughs> you flip yeah. it on us now. But there's a combination of conversations we've been having that's yeah. educating us. You know, Mel Hoffner, she uh, uh, put some uh, uh, information um, to us. And then we listen to our own podcast too, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. going back and, and digest this stuff. Uh, Jonathan more so than me because he edits them. <laughs> but I think um, 
I don't think. I know for sure this is a space to be able to uh, be able to allow you to say something, and then whoever is listening to choose to elocart and and um, take away from that. We would do really well in a podcast, Trey, if we got interviewed. I don't know, man. You should it'd bring be, someone in. It'd be weird because I should interview each other. <laughs> have you done that episode yet? Jonathan wants um, to do that, but no, no, no. Trey does like Trey does like yeah. talking about himself, and and as no. as much as you would think, I do not like talking about myself either. Either do I. So, so you guys, no. <laughs> it's very difficult for no. me to say okay to these things. But, so. but we give you questions to then for you to think about and, and talk, right? If Jonathan and I interview each other, it's like we kind of already know, but yeah. also. Uh, At the end of it, it's like we're going to tell the story over and over again for seven episodes because you'll eventually know about us by just little. So you want to do a series on us? Is that what you're saying? Listen to it. I won't even get into it. I won't even get into it. Um, Okay, cool. Here's a big one from me. Is there any wins would you like to share? So let's say recent things that happened, just like something you want to celebrate. You know, something cat was just like, you know, without giving away anything that's like NDA. (laughs) <laughs> celebrate little wins that I want to I think it, I honestly like I know that this past year has been you know an adjustment for a lot of people um for me I lost my job to be honest you know it's a little bit different this year am I still working for the team yes I, am I doing live events no the fitness industry is closed right now as well too so I think a win for me is just you know still waking up believing in my talent, um, believing in who I am as a person and, and, uh, working towards that. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys for me. Like, I mean, I've, I've really had a, had a difficult time and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but just everything's kind of been stripped away from me. And, you know, um, a lot of the time, (laughs) you know, when that question, what do you do? I, 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 uh, I don't like it because I, I don't like, your job equaling who you are as a human. And for, for me, um, I think something that I'm proud of is, you know, really being able to separate that during this time, because what have I been left with myself, right? Like, um, so if that counts as a win, then that's, then that's a win for me. Yeah. I, I am working on some projects coming up, but, uh, you'll have to have me back to talk about that. We will have you quite ready. That's awesome. (laughs) Our episode with Connor drops on Thursday. And the line he gave us, which I'm going to spoil it probably right here, Trey. I'm sorry. But he, uh, by the time this comes out, everyone already heard that episode already. But he said, um, focus on your life resume and not your paperwork resume. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Cause that's what, that's, what's going to be the most, you know, he didn't like I'm paraphrasing, but that's what you're going to feel. Yeah. What success means to you. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For yeah, and that's exactly what you're saying right now too. It's like you know, someone approaches, it's like, oh, so what do you do? And they're already ready to categorize you. It's like up here or there. Exactly. Like, where do you fit your in? Title. This. How can your we title. talk to you? Yeah. And North American general, I've always said, always said it that they put too much on so much on title. The, the mm-hmm. your office door, mm-hmm. you know, um, just your LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with a company out of New Zealand and they don't care. <laughs> but it, it does set up like a, a way for us to interact. The, the, the hand reaches like, hey, how's it going? Right, what do you do? You know, it's it, again, it, it could just be how each po- person copies each other to kind of have a cop. It's an elevator conversation. It's like, oh, the great weather. You know, you say that too in a professional space even no, outside for sure. yeah and i mean in my industry i think you know the spotlight always equaled success and now that that was taken away from me i i i just had to it kind of went oh whoa okay well i want to be known for a different type of light mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense yeah it makes sense because what's this you're you still have your mental you're still creative you that, still yeah, have all it's that just, it's just it could have yeah. broken you right it's so, just on pause mm-hmm. i think yeah mm-hmm. it's on pause yeah but yeah you come so. back like bigger and better. <laughs> I'm like laughing, but it's like, yeah, like there's not, there's never a, a better time to do whatever you want. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, pandemic itself made you realize how short of a time we may have, but also yeah, all what that, we yeah. were fearing before, it doesn't even matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. If you have that type of, um, you know, self-starter ability, you know, some people, it broke them, you know, it mm-hmm. broke them because they were so reliant on the structural things and it's not there anymore. But now is the time to try anything and not lose. No, absolutely. And I think we do have to be kind to the fact that everybody's gone through this differently too, right? And yeah, and keep sharing our tales. Uh, 
to know that, you know, we're not, we're not the only ones feeling the feels. So, yeah. So I think that's great. How you doing? I'm <laughs> good. I'm good. I'm, I'm talking to you, Kat. <laughs> oh, oh, me? Yeah, she's good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> she's like, she's like, how you doing? Yeah, thanks, Kat, for coming on, man. Yeah. It's, it's like a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what, Kat, why don't you maybe tell us, give us the name of a woman in the, in the community that's, that's inspiring you, someone that we really should, should be talking to. Hmm. You know what? It could be anyone. in the run community, a- anything, any, community. any space, just any, any space. space. Someone you want to hear from, someone you've known of. Yeah. Oh, I have so many. I made the, I made the list <laughs> today. I want to look it up. Um, I mean, the person that comes to my head right now is is um a dear friend of mine, Sylvia. She's actually part of the Adidas Women's um, Ambassadors too. Um, okay. and um, running has has been something new to her and has been an escape, but um, just. Her, her, her journey and uh, her ability to get through what she's gotten through and uh, the way she always shows up and the way she gives um, back to the community. Yeah, she, she just comes to my head right off the top here. So Perfect. We'll have to talk to her. Yeah, I can definitely connect that. Mm-hmm. Kat, so this has been an absolutely incredible conversation. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you I'm for glad. sharing kind of your journey, but also sharing your thoughts on the day. And, you know, we learned a lot about you. We're, I'll say it again, big fans of kind of the work you're doing. And you. we can't wait to see you on air again and uh, on, on TV again. And we're looking forward to that. And it's, you know, you're just, you, you just really inspired us today. So thank you for the chat and the discussion. Thank you. And you, and, and, uh, it, it was my pleasure. So thank you so much for having me. And, and I said, it, um, uh, the inspiration, um, comes back the other way. I, I feel the same towards you guys. So yeah, keep going. Thank you. We'll try. And with that being said, this is the longest stride podcast. Peace. Peace.